coming this fall to Chewy Roll. <laughs> An all-new anime experience from the people who brought you other anime experiences. Who's going to be the first to draw such amazing cards as Jane and Laura? I'm playing my Queer Eyes White Dragon. I believe in the heart of the pleasant. This whole experience is incredibly strange. I just dabbed on Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Full of as much dabbing as Jane can get away with doing on Mike. It's the new trading card game anime, Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Oh. Why did I dab on Mike? (laughs) It's fine. I dabbed brushing my teeth once. It's fine. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet, and welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where a couple of queer trans ladies talk about their weeks and do silly skits and voices and such. We're into double digits. Alright, yeah, we're in double digits now, and I'm just going to point out, I have no idea how much we're leaving in of what happened before the music there, because, like, apparently you wanted to address a thing I said while, like, in the bit where the music would be. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would put that before or after the music, but maybe editing conversation is something we can leave until later. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I suppose I should address I dabbed while brushing my teeth once. Okay, um, would you guys you elaborate? Yeah, I'm now like, why did I tell this story? Uh, to make a very long conversation sh- uh, short, um, there was a convention that I used to go to with a with a group of friends. We do not go to this particular convention anymore because of because rumors around the organizer. However, we very much enjoyed our time then when we, we did used to go. Um, mm-hmm. And... There were a lot of, like, in-jokes and memes within the group that, like, were totally being done ironically because we knew how, like, you know, bad they were. But, Mm. like, we enjoyed doing that so much it kind of cycled around and we actually sincerely enjoyed a lot of these things. And that included dabbing way too much. Mm -hmm. And as as a result... um, This convention's, like, four or five days long and most of the time there was spent drunk. And just, I'd spent the whole day just, like, dabbing at everything. It's like, ah, do a thing, do a dab, because it made the group laugh. And by myself, brushing my teeth, I did a dab. And then went, oh no, there's no one here. There's no one to enjoy my dabbing. I'm I'm doing this dab just for me. It's not an ironic commentary on on the people around me. No, I just did a dab. I'm just someone that dabs while brushing teeth now. Yeah, apparently so. Like, I, I don't know if I've told this story on the air before. I helped to make the world a dab sandwich once. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've told this one on air, but um, me and a friend from that same convention, um, I, I went to Australia and they were still in England and we synced up our, our times and we both took selfies while dabbing at the same time so that the entire world was just, there was a dab on either side of the world. The world was a dab sandwich. And it was now the dab I feel that reached around the world. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm a big embarrassing dork. How are you doing this week, Jane? I'm also a big embarrassing dork. Have you done anything um, particular big embarrassing dorkly this week? Um sadly not. Oh, that's a shame. I will try harder. I will. Yeah. I promise. I'm <laughs> sorry. 
But yeah, we're in double digits. Double digits. We are in the double digits. Somehow we've made like 10 plus hours of these. I know, right? Oh, I'll give you double digits. I'll give you more double digits. Yeah, this this has been a very enjoyable thing to do for several weeks, and we are going to continue it for several more. So, yeah. Jane, where should we start this week? I was just going to say thanks to everyone for listening and sharing and liking and commenting and all the other things and the occasional projects that you send us. Very Aww. much appreciate them. That is a very nice place to start. That is a nice place to start. I think yeah. that'll do. Anyway, <laughs> um, shall we start with Plain, as that usually ends up being our longest one? Uh, usually it is our longest. I think for yes. me it's going to be one of the shortest this week. Ooh. I've really not played too many things. Let me let me find me list. This is me being ill-prepared. <laughs> The only thing I've played this week, really, has Mm. been Kirby Star Allies, which the embargo is now up for so I can talk about the full game. Actually now, or or now in the future when Uh, this goes out? Now now in the future when this goes up. When we record this, we're recording this like the night before the embargo goes up, but the embargo Mm. lifts like multiple days after this, so like, I'm alright to talk about it, so... Do I have to put my fingers in my ears? Uh, Jane, just, you have to be shh, you're not allowed to tell anyone what I tell you, this is secrets for you, Jane. (gasps) Yeah, so Kirby Star Allies, uh... It is an incredibly joyful game that, while has problems, I can't help but smile whenever I play. Um, so yeah, like I, I talked a little bit about it this uh, last week. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a side-scrolling platformer. Um, the whole thing is that you can make, you can have AI companions as your friends, and they'll use their abilities as well, and that sort of thing. Uh, there's a couple of minor complaints I have about that system. Um, if you're playing in co-op, there's not terribly much differentiation between who's who, which is not mm-hmm. great. And if you're playing single player, the AI sometimes works against the main goals of what Kirby wants to do as a character. Um, okay. The whole point of Kirby as a platform protagonist is that they don't always want to kill the enemies in front of them. You might want to suck them up and ab- absorb their powers, or you might yeah. want to befriend them. Mm-hmm. And the AI enemies will just run in and beat up anything they see. So occasionally I'll be trying to get in position to absorb an, uh, an enemy's abilities for myself. And one of my AI companions will just kill them. And I'm like, hmm, well, I guess I don't get that power. Drunken scuffle. Which... Drunken Kirby yeah. scuffle. Yeah, it, it's not the end of the world because like, as soon as you leave stuff off screen, uh, enemies will respawn. So... It's not mm. great, but you can go off screen, come back, and things will respawn, and you can try again. It's just a little bit of a nuisance on the AI. Uh, the AI doesn't take into account you might not want that enemy dead, which mm. I don't know how you would account for that. But that's like that's that's the game developer's problem, not mine. Mm. But yeah, it's not a terribly difficult platformer. Um, it does ramp up slightly in difficulty. It gets a little more difficult as it goes, but it's mm. it's never truly like tough. Pretty standard standard for a Kirby game. Yeah, and here's the thing: if you if you don't like Kirby games because they're too easy, this isn't going to change your mind. The mechanics they've added here aren't going to win you over to the franchise if you've not enjoyed it before. But if you just want a kind of easy platformer that's delightfully pleasant the entire time you're playing it, hmm. this is very good for that. Um, 
we we were playing. Uh, I I was playing for a while this week while we were talking on the phone. And how many times did I just go, oh, a thing happened at you? You were very into the kissing. Uh, yes. So one of my favorite things about this game, and like, I'm gonna do a very long run-on sentence here, and this is basically what my brain was doing the whole time I played this game was things like. Oh my god, this game is so cute! In order to heal your companions, you have to kiss them. You 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 you, you run past them when you've had you've got too much health and they've not got enough health, and you kiss them. A little heart comes up, and it's really adorable. Oh, and that was basically my brain while playing this game. Mm. Um, apparently, you're not actually kissing them. According to a loading screen tip, you are eating excess food and then feeding them with the food that you ate. Or something, and that's so you're how you're just healing them. Food into their mouth, like a mama bird. So, the loading screen says that you're like baby birding them, like regurgitated food. But mm. like, it's a really quick peck on the cheek that like a, a heart happens afterwards. Clearly, it's Kirby going and giving King DDD and giving Meta Knight just a quick kiss, and it's adorable. And I've watched footage of it happen many times, and you cannot convince me that it's a gross regurgitation <laughs> act. It's an adorable platonic friend kiss. You have to be very careful kissing Meta Knight in the snow levels, though. Your lips will get stuck. <laughs> but yeah, it's all just like really cute little touches. Like, if you run while on the icy levels, Kirby, you'll just do a little ice skate and a spin and a pirouette as they as they run. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this game's so cute. And. Yes. All of the new enemy abilities to absorb are creative, they're exciting. Uh, there's a lot of them that I got and was like, this is really cool and I don't want to spoil any of them because like half mm-hmm. the fun is finding out the abilities you can get. But mm-hmm. it's just a really cute platformer that I couldn't help but smile at. Like the whole time I was playing it, I was just like, this is just joyful and mm. more games should be like that. So there you go. That, that's been my whole play this week section. Yay! Well, um, to to go from the cute, fluffy wonderland of nice, very easy game, I played Darkest Dungeon. Uh, did that one feature people doing nice platonic friend kisses and being happy and joyful, and was that easy? I'm gonna have to say no. <gasps> Oh, I'm shocked. I know I know you are shocked and horrified. Um, this is the first experience I've had with Darkest Dungeon. I'm playing the Switch version. Because uh, it was on sale. And I'd, it's been burning away in my mind as sort of a thing that I wanted to try. Uh, initially, I did sit there thinking, there are too many controls for this controller. This really needs a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> because the, the initially, I found getting around the screen really awkward. Hmm. Like, okay, so I hold this and then I do that thing to make this scroll. But if I want to go here, I can press this button in. And if I want to do that, I can select another thing. Whereas I know that if I was on keyboard and mouse, I would be hovering a mouse over a thing or right clicking or or even, you know, left clicking and just having that freedom to move around much easier. Mm. Have, um, have you been playing this entirely on the TV? Yes. I'm curious, do you know if the Switch there version... There is touchscreen. Yeah, do you, is that any easier? I haven't really tried it in touchscreen. Um, okay. I, I don't tend to play Switch in touchscreen very often. Um, if I am leaving the house uh, sort of to go somewhere regular, I will usually find that the area I'm in while I'm out is too bright. Uh, so for things like... Um, even even with the brightness turned up on the switch, I do, do find that 
there's not enough to counteract um, like very strong ambient fluorescent lighting. Hmm. That's fair. Like I sometimes play Switch games in handheld at home, mm. just because certain games I just want to kind of hold in my hand. I think with that for me, it depends very much uh, how into the game I am. Mm. If I'm like, I need to go to Lou, but I need to do the thing. <laughs> well, you're coming with me. <laughs> um, but yes, really liking Darkest Dungeon. Took me a little while to get into it, um, but I'm, I'm I've got some level four pl- uh, people now. Slowly building up, you know, the dungeon's starting to get there, the township's starting to come together nicely, and I, I reckon in you know a few more runs I might be ready to, to have my first little slam at the darkest dungeon itself, and see how that goes. <laughs> um, in additional sort of bright, cheery, happy, fun timeness that's also super easy, I played Bayonetta on Switch. <laughs> Ooh, how are you getting on with that now? I suck at it. <laughs> uh, have you turned it down to easy yet? Yes. Are you getting I still on, suck at it. <laughs> are you getting on better with it now it's uneasy? Marginally. <laughs> Only marginally. Um, I'm not good at working out when I'm supposed to which time. Uh, I, I think I have more time than I do, and I, I don't. I, I judge it really badly. Or there's so many things on screen that I can't tell when I'm supposed to be triggering it. And that's even in sort of a, a full screen mode on my big ass telly. Mm. So that's that's not been great. But I I enjoy the sort of I can see that it's got certain fluidity with it, especially on easy mode. Uh, like the the way Bayonetta will just sort of flick between the targeted enemy, do a, a sort of a funky combo on one, and then sort of slash over to somebody else. Um, I've now got uh, items that will automatically enter witch time uh, f- for the cost of some magic. Mm. So, like, I will obviously see her going into that mode and then sort of flicking around and other stuff. It's been quite, quite fun playing as as um, uh, Link Bayonetta <laughs> with the uh, the sword because the sword becomes the master sword. Uh, all of the halos become rupees. <laughs> And it makes sort of like little Zelda noises when you open chests or unlock areas. Mm-hmm. And and when you pick up rupees, that's been quite nice. Um, and the the there's the also the Samus suit. Uh, the uh, I can't remember which suit it is. Oh no, I am fake game nerd. One of the, the I think they just call it the bounty hunter suit. And then there's a peach, oh, yes. suit, a peach outfit and a daisy outfit, both of which are. are very, very short skirts. I'm sure I'd want to go out in that. Uh, it's it's apparently her, um, it's her... It's the power suit, not the various suit. So, apparently it is Samus's uh, power suit. I, I was thinking of the gravity suit. I was wrong. <laughs> we were both wrong. I thought it was the Yay! various suit. Wrongs all around. But <laughs> um, what else have I played? I've played other things too. Um, had uh, a little go at the long reach. Which I think I can talk about now. Uh, today is the embargo, so today that oh, okay. we're recording this, so that's fine. Yeah, you can talk about that. <clears throat> so I played. I also played the Long Reach, which is um, reminds me very much of Lone Survivor, a sort of uh, side-scrolling um, pixel graphic survival horror. I think. I think it's a survival horror. I haven't encountered any actual peril yet. It's all been very sort of puzzly, like home. Like it's got a, a very sort of horror atmosphere, 
using some sort of sinister sound effects, things you can't quite see in the dark scuttling around. It's weird. It's very strange. <laughs> like, I, you start off uh, as this guy uh, going to, to get something from, like, his corner store. He is a massive jerk. Uh, he's sp- I think he's supposed to be picking something up specific, but he's obsessed with jellies. I'm going to get jellies. <laughs> Um, and the clerk's like, you're a jerk, your girlfriend's going to be upset. Um, you have an option to sort of be nice or, or attempt to be as nice as this character will allow um, to the little old lady you see in the shop as well, uh, who I think is like related to your girlfriend. And next thing you know, you're being eaten by possibly zombie. Not entirely sure. Um and then next thing you know, you flick to a different character who works in some kind of lab. You go into what looks like a recording studio and start playing the piano. And then you sort of seem to pass out. And next thing you know, the whole world's gone to hell. And some of the staff seem to be... I don't know, talking about... They're speaking really strangely. Um, like Almost like they're cultists. There's one that's running around like a dog and, and has like a chew toy. Um, you're talking to somebody else. It's very strange. I'm a bit stuck at the moment. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, uh. But it's it's got a really nice atmosphere to it. I just wish I could work out how to progress. <laughs> this, this is my problem with like these nice ass a- atmospheric sort of horror puzzle-y things. Is where it's like Oh, this is really cool. I like being in this world, but I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, unlike some of the some of the other ones, I very often find that I'm like a bit terrified to explore too much because hmm. there's so much risk of death. <laughs> uh, this one hasn't had that really. I've sort of gone around everywhere, and even the the other sort of lab people who seem to have gone a bit strange are they, they don't seem to be dangerous. Just peculiar. So yes, that's definitely one to look out for, and I hope I hope I can get further into that. I'm excited. Uh, also played swim out. Oh, this is the sort of uh, timing based swimming thing, isn't it? It's a, a turn based escape the swimming pool uh, puzzle game. Uh, you are a swimmer, and there are other people who are swimming lengths or just sitting on the edge of the pool. If you collide with them, you will hear the lifeguard give you a little whistle and and you will have to start again. And basically you have to sort of work out as a sort of plan your movement around the pool so that you can get to the steps without bumping into anyone. Um, I'm, I think I'm about 30 stages in so far, something like that. I've gone quite a ways. And now there's hundreds of swimmers on screen and weird little puffs of air that will stun you as you try and go across the pool. It might be waves. It might be a wave machine. That would make more sense. Mm. <laughs> um, and you have to sort of uh, n- navigate your way around. You get to throw beach balls to stun people so that you can get them out of sequence and sort of move between where they would have been sometimes. Um, yeah, it's... It's a really nice, quite simple, clean aesthetic that I, I very much enjoy. I'm just not very good at it. I, I'm muddling through, but and, in, and enjoying the, the art style, certainly. Uh, very sort of clean and white. It reminds me sort of um, like a like swimming in the Mediterranean, like 
pools in places like Spain and things. Oh, I don't know why. Um, what else did I play? Oh, I played uh, Grid Mania, another little puzzle game on Switch. Uh, it's not the prettiest game in the world. You move uh, some spheres around on uh, a grid. Sometimes there's obstacles, and you have to get them onto the matching tiles of, of whatever colour they are. Mm. It's simple and... I'm not finding it terribly engaging or pretty, and I think that's probably not helping. I think a good art uh, puzzle game is usually helped by a, a nice aesthetic. Yeah. If it's if it's a very basic puzzle game, uh, I'm not I'm not being terribly engaged in that. Oh. Um, what else? Oh, I had I had one more. I had a look at Subsurface Circular. Oh, how are you getting fish. on with that? Um, I'm slowly uncovering things. I haven't really worked out exactly what's going on, apart from people are kidnapping or killing some robots. Yeah, so the the general idea of this game is you play a sort of a detective robot in a near future mm. where a lot of jobs have been automated. And you are doing a lot of talking to other other robots, basically trying to work out, like, hey... What's with all these robots that keep going disappearing? Hmm. I don't understand why some of the robots that get on and off this train are listening to music. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. What the, is their purpose? The ones that, like, you try and talk to them and nothing happens. They're just too busy listening to their headphones. Yeah. I will like, tell you... Firstly, they're robots. Surely they should just be able to, like, just play music to themselves without... It... <laughs> Spilling out of their clearly not well organized headphones. Uh, while I agree with you, like there is a purpose to them. Don't worry, okay. something will come up in the narrative, and you'll be like, "Oh, I, okay, I see." Okay. Well, I was quite interested to see that the music's by Dan Lasack. Um, uh-huh. I'm, I'm I'm fan of like Dan Lasack stuff with Scroobius Pip and the uh, and his um, version of War Pigs. That's very good. Heck, so yeah, oh. is, is that is that your your played for that's, the week? That's all my listened. I like that. You listened. That's my listen. Sorry, that's my played. <laughs> that's all right. Oh. Go go you. Like I like the fact that like I'm the one working in video games, and like <laughs> you've played a lot more things than I have this week. I, yeah, but you have had the better game to play. To be fair, I, I've played one. You have had the big triple A. I've played one triple A game and then done many things that were not game. I played all the indies and Bayonetta. Teehee. So yeah, that's everything we've played this week. Well, hello, hello again, hello again. Thank you, thank you for thank you for uh, accepting this meeting with me. Not a problem. Not a problem. So, so uh, we we have we have a couple of slots in the upcoming uh, calendar we've got to deal with, and um, we need some children's movies stat. And as you well yeah. know, children will watch anything if it's if it's got like a noun, an animal, and a type of activity. You know, kids will kids will eat it up. So we need we need some movie ideas. What have we got? Throw some dots at the dartboard. Tell me what we got. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll throw throw uh, the first dart at the uh, the animal board. Okay, that's a that's a pangolin. Pangolin. That 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 we can that we can we can sell that. It sounds kind of like penguin. If we put it out at Christmas, the kids will get confused and they'll go see it. 
Aroused? Um... What is that even doing on the board? Yeah, Someone what is... take that down. What is that doing on the board? Um, so what we'll, if... We'll, we'll do this again. Enthusiastic. Okay, enthusiasm is good. We can be enthusiastic about the pangolin being enthusiastic, and that'll make the kids enthusiastic for the pangolin, and enthusiasm is good. Enthusiasm yeah. is a word I like in the boardroom. Now, okay. what is the pangolin going to be doing? Let's throw dart number three. Going to medical school. Okay, um, it's a musical, just, uh, hang on. It's a, it's a, a musical, uh, uh, you, you medical school. You got a runny nose over there, other uh, movie executive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real runny nose, just gonna... Get sniff up all Take that, this special uh, that medication stuff. for, okay. uh, you know, that's, that's for good. my so board meetings. Pangolin, Pangolin, Pangolin is... Pangolin musical. Is, it's a musical. It's gonna be the greatest musical. Pangolin, uh, in, in, in the... Medical school, so I'm yeah. pangolin and I'm going to medical school. I'm gonna go learn lots of things. See, it All writes itself. It writes itself. It really, really does. It really does. Who? So who's? Who do we want for the pangolin? Uh, let's throw another dart at the dartboard. Jason Statham is the pangolin. <laughs> Jason Statham, Cockney pangolin. Can he sing? I don't know. Does he need to be able to sing? No, it's a children's musical. They'll eat it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think we need like maybe a sidekick or, or something. Uh, we're we're getting a lot more of that uh, awesome gay shit in 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 our shows recently. So maybe maybe some more maybe some more of the gay. Uh, okay. So the sidekick is going to be a gay cloud. A gay cloud. I don't know how Those the cloud's gonna. Clouds. Oh no, I don't know how the cloud goes inside in the buildings, but I do know the the, the cloud can be connected to a rainbow at the end and that's how you know it's a gay cloud okay so we're not just gonna characterize it like we all always do with a really camp voice on, on something oh no we're gonna do that at the end as well but like we'll, we'll just okay, throw, okay. We'll throw the, the rainbow in at the end so that all of the all of the lgbt people watching are like oh look it's confirmed confirmation it to me. i'll buy that yeah yeah, yeah. but it's, like the it's... people who don't like gay stuff can still deny it it's cool exactly we're so Good at marketing. Right, I just... now, lastly, this is a musical. Who's gonna do the soundtrack? Um, who's who's good recently? Uh, okay, let's throw the, throw the dart. Uh, Storm Large, what's she doing these days? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what if we have them co-write the uh, soundtrack with System of a Down? They, they can do children's songs, right? She's got the voice of an angel. They've... Are they even back together? What's, what's going I don't know, on with but their their words are confusing enough that kids kids won't have a clue what's going on, and that's great because it means they won't understand that it's a terrible, terrible film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't want them understanding that. We just want to sell like dolls and shit. Okay, right. Well, we got to get this into production this afternoon because it's got to be out next week. Gotta hit okay. those sales numbers. Thank you. Let's get okay. this done. Let's start whipping the animators. Whip the animators! Hopefully your your runny nose clears up. So I, I, I've got plenty of medication here. Yeah. She don't lie, she don't lie, she don't lie. Boardrooms. <laughs> See, he, he. You join us here uh, on this bus, surrounded by uh, some of the absolute 
finest in, in, in the uh, Rhino Fidgetitis uh, Olympics. Uh, we're just joining us over at the back of the bus, standing room only there, standing room only. And uh, we've we've got our first contestant, first contestant from uh, Wimbledon uh, coming up. Uh, they're going to be uh, attempting the uh, long sneeze. And they're, they're on the marking blocks now. On the marking blocks. And... Oh, caught in the hand. That's going to be really disappointing. Uh, really disappointing. Uh, oh. Terrible shame for the uh, Wimbledon local there. That, uh, uh, next, we have the uh, the five-minute spread. Contestants have five minutes to get as far away as possible from their initial starting location. We're just uh, popping down onto the track with uh, a few of the uh, bacteria. Um uh, how, how are you doing there? How are you doing? Are you ready to uh, spread as far as you can in the next five minutes? Oh, we feel miserable. Just how we like it. We're going to make everyone feel just like us. we got plans to make them sneeze, to make them dribble, to make them cough. We're going to make them do everything we can to get ourselves miserably spread around. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and so uh, I will pass over to my uh, companion who will be commenting on the, this particular uh, five-minute spread. Okay, so here we go. Uh, all of all of our contestants are unaware that they are ready and ready to go, and they're off. All the germs are attempting to make their spread as far as they can. Uh, we have got some fantastic uh, coughing and sniffling going on. Uh, we have one child with a runny nose running down the aisles, just dripping snot everywhere. And the winner of the event is the person who decided to sneeze into the air vent and has blown their sneeze all across the entire vehicle. That's absolutely stunning. Once you, once you get into the air vents, there's really nothing nothing that can be done to stop you. You'll probably be spreading people with colds for uh, years to come, uh, probably even some kind of uh, nasty bacteria that'll get right up there and uh, possibly m- mutate long before anyone can uh, stop them, and uh, that'll be uh, quite the contagion going on for some considerable time. Excellent work there. And uh, back to the studio. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) What the fuck was that? Uh, That was beautiful. That's what that was. Oh, my God. Did you hear? Oh, mate. What? 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 What am I meant to have heard? Because we play, like, video games and stuff. We're really violent now. Oh, did they decide we're violent now? Because yeah. we play video games. Who, 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 yeah. who decides uh, that? I think, like... I think it was, like, the president of, like, some country said, like, we're... All the video games have made us all violent, oh. and now we're just violent. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't where I was violent, but like, <sighs> I guess I gotta be now if the news says it. <coughs> uh, what, what am I meant to be doing? That's violent. Um, should, should I like hit you or something? I, I mean, I'd rather you didn't. Yeah, have some of that. Um. <sighs> Oh, oh like, yeah, feeling um, so. I guess oh, them video games making me feel so violent. Yeah, like, oh, just, I don't know. Just, I guess we we play the games and we see like Is... all the horrifying things that happen, 
And I guess that makes us want to hurt stuff. I, I can't be honest. I've never wanted to hurt nothing, mate, unless it's hurting my own feelings by not being your friend. Uh, Wait, are we not friends anymore? No, no, I'm saying if I wasn't your friend, that'd hurt my feelings. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I mean, like, I guess I hurt. That pizza earlier. Oh, you proper that pizza. Uh, maybe they got maybe they got pizza. a point. You did destroy that pizza. Maybe maybe that is violence. I mean, I s- maybe that's what they. I mean. saw I saw the teenage mutant ninja turtles eat a pizza in that that teenage mutant ninja turtles fighting they game. Stuff. They hit stuff, but they also ate a pizza, and we ate a pizza. So we're copying what we've seen in video games, and that means on now we're violent. Oh, we're gonna be violent now. Oh no! Uh, yeah. Uh, I bet you know. Yeah. You know what a solution is. You know what a solution is. If we don't want to be violent because of video games, we just don't stop playing Try- the video games. Because if we keep playing them, then we don't have time to be violent. That's that's the yeah. trick, isn't it? If if we just keep playing, we ain't we ain't being violent for no one, is we? Yeah. So. Or we just stop playing the violent games. No, 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 no. We keep playing video games all the time. We don't stop. That's that. I, I, there's the solution, though. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'll order another pizza because if if I order pizza, <laughs> if I order pizza, we don't have to go out for food. And we can keep playing the games and we won't be violent. Okay. Uh, but this time. We make sure we have all the change and we're careful down the back of the sofa because you remember what happened last oh, time. Oh, we went way too far down the back of the sofa. Way too far down the back of the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> so, what have you been watching this week? Ooh, not a huge amount. I have watched... Um, I've been watching... Okay. I will take you down the rabbit hole with me. I randomly <laughs> had pop into my head the other day uh, an Amiga, uh, an advert for the Amiga 500 that was on TV sometime in the very, 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 very early 90s. Possibly before you were born. <laughs> um, I was around for most of the 90s. I think it might have been in the bit before that. <laughs> yeah. um, it features uh, a track... Uh, that I I think that's why I remember it. I just remember lemmings coming down on their little umbrellas and the song Sunshine on a Rainy Day, which took me down a whole A500 uh, Commodore Amiga and classic, super classic um, consoles and computers worm... Like, like, uh, worm Rabbit hole? Rabbit hole. <laughs> Much bigger than worms. Um, and I've found a channel called Kim Justice... He does uh, reviews and histories of little documentaries of lots of old school gamey stuff. Yeah. So I watched the Rise and Fall of the Commodore Amiga and the Golden Axe series review slash retrospective. Um, so I have now known the entire history of the Commodore Amiga from its creation to Commodore's sort of massive collapse, or collapse as it was then and the collapse of the Amiga. Uh, and uh, there are there are more Golden X games than I knew about. <laughs> are you now on a quest where you're like, I need to go see some more Golden Axe, or are you just curious mm. from a distance? I 
having watched that, I wouldn't mind playing the... I think it was Golden Axe Adventures yeah. uh, for the Master System, which is basically a, a, a Legend of Zelda clone. Oh, I never knew that as... there was a Golden Axe Zelda clone. Yeah. Oh. Um, I think it was Golden Axe Adventures, and it, it just looked really rather good. Oh, heck. It mm. might be worth researching if there is a way that we can play that in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, you've been watching anything else, or should I jump in with a thing that I saw? I think that was it. Okay. You, uh, yes, you go ahead. Okay, I watched a couple of things. Uh, one of them I can get out of the way very quickly. I finished mm-hmm. watching that new series of Voltron. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it was very enjoyable, but it, once again, felt like a very short season, and it felt like it ended kind of abruptly without any kind of big... Aha! We did the big thing, and now there's a cliffhanger, which, like, the first couple of seasons had. It was mm. enjoyable, and, like, it's only a couple of months till there's more, but it did just feel a bit weirdly like, oh, okay, I feel like I got half a story. Cool. Okay, so this, because didn't we already have one yeah, that was sort of... Yeah, yeah, this has happened a few times now. So, from what I can tell, like, I think this is... It's maybe not even just that Netflix has cut Voltron season in half and it's like, here's half the episodes, we'll give half the episodes a bit later. It seems like they've just kind of, like, done away with the traditional, like, here is a big season finale cliffhanger structure. And they're literally just doing, every couple of months, here's the next six episodes of that story. So you're getting... Steven Universe-style Voltron bombs. Kind of, yeah. It is, it's kind of Voltron bombs. It, Steven Universe is a good comparison point. Although, at least Steven Universe, when there's a Steven bomb, there's usually, like, the one at the end where it's like, oh, things happened. Uh, yeah. And, like, again, the more I think about it, Voltron, the new season, stuff did happen. Some big changes mm. happened. But just, like, it didn't feel like it stopped on some, like... Here is the thing that feels conclusive that the season ended on. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I'm still enjoying it for what it is. Um, I watched a couple of other things. I watched The Greatest Showman, which is Mm. a a musical movie that is in cinemas at the moment. uh, It's got Wolverine in it. It's it's got that Wolverine. So for anyone who likes their sort of musical theatre movies may have seen Hugh Jackman in... Les Miserables, and the thing is, in that particular musical, Hugh Jackman does not do a great job of singing. Um, It is a very technically challenging musical, and a lot of times it shouts like, it sounds like he's angry Wolverine shouting his lines (laughs) rather than singing them. And that's, in his defence... What I understand of the way they did Les Mis is that they very much were prioritising acting performance over singing performance, and they wanted to get mm. the expressions done, and he did very well at that, but his vocal range did not necessarily always fit with the vocal range of the character he was cast as. So yeah. I was a bit dubious going into The Greatest Showman, because, again, Hugh Jackman, front and centre of this musical movie, mm. and he did a really superb job. Um... I think what really helped is that The Greatest Showman was clearly written with Hugh Jackman's singing range in mind. And as such, it didn't come off like he was trying to force his voice to a range that it didn't comfortably fit. Um, Mm. He sounded a lot more comfortable and confident with his musical numbers in this. Uh, 
the general story of this this musical is it is about the the founding of the P.T. Barnum Circus, which is one of the like big early Barnum American babies. circuses. And mm, how how do I put this in the best way possible? Um, P.T. Barnum is a early 1900s American white guy who got rich basically off of the backs of people who were seen as undesirable in society. Um, I'm gonna use the term that, like, gets thrown around in the musical, which is, like, freak show would be the sort of thing you're looking at, where it's like, oh, here is... Here is a person with dwarfism, and here is a woman with facial hair, and we will bring all of these oddities together, and that will draw in the crowds. And basically, it's the story of the rise and fall of this man who, like, makes a fortune on the back of people whose society at the time was less than favourable towards. Um, Mm. He sort of brings them all together and starts off being like, hey, we're all a family, we're in this together, we're going to put on a great show, and everyone's going to love it, and... He ends up, like, buying a mansion, and... Uh, here's, here's the thing. It's an interesting... It's an interesting film. The story's interesting. It's interesting watching his rise and fall. All the musical numbers are good. Hmm. But I can't help but feel, the whole way through this film, like... The most interesting, diverse cast of characters they had was completely underutilised. Um, hmm. I get that P.T. Barnum is the person who is historically interesting and that has an arc that they wanted to tell but you had this cast of characters who were like all fantastically cast they were all fascinating people that i constantly wanted to know more about and i wanted to i wanted to follow them i wanted to see them succeed and they're always just a backdrop to this like 90 early 1900s white guys like hey look at my story (laughs) Mm. Um, yeah, and it it wasn't enough to, like, ruin it by any means, but it was just kind of a thing that I kept thinking. Like, every every mm. time there was... Uh, sorry, I'm still working out my thoughts on this this film. Uh, there's, there's, there's this thing that a lot of musicals do that The Greatest Showman does, where a song will happen at the start of the film be repeated in the middle of the of, of the musical with like a different meaning in a different context mm. and then repeat it again at the end to be like, aha, look, the context just has shifted yet again. Um, I feel like this film did that with too many songs. There were too yeah. many songs that like were repeated for emphasis multiple times and you could have cut one or two of those repetitions out and replace that mm. with one or two additional songs sung by that varied, diverse cast of people who are, like, the interesting part of the story that we gloss over. Yeah. Um, the one, like, really good song we get from that ensemble cast is a song on the soundtrack that is called... Let me find what it is called. Um, this Is Me is the the track that is like, oh, this is the ensemble cast's, like, the moment in the film we get to see their perspective. And it was by far the best song in the film, and I wish Mm. we'd had more of that. So there we go. That's me prattling on for a bit about The Greatest Showman. It was a good musical. I enjoyed it very much. Great performances, but just... I wish that ensemble cast had had, like, 
10 more minutes in the spotlight, maybe. Uh, The other thing I watched is I finished watching through all of Jessica Jones season two. So how is it? uh, It's not as good as the first season of Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. It's still good, but it's in different ways. So for anyone who's not watched the first season of Jessica Jones, like, uh, yeah, uh, I will keep this very light on spoilers, but I will talk a little bit like, Content warning for a minute or two for light discussion of abusive relationships. Um, The whole thing that made season one of Jessica Jones as fantastic as it was is it had the most well-written and performed terrifying villain I've ever seen. In um, Kilgrave, who is this villain played by David Tennant, who season two of Jessica Jones was never going to outdo... Kilgrave is a villain. He was too well written of a villain. And so they kind of didn't try. Season two of Jessica Jones doesn't really have a single antagonist in the same way that season one did. Mm. It instead focuses more on the relationships between people and focuses on Jessica as a character more than on a villain that she's coming up against. And that is good and enjoyable but at times it does make season two feel a little bit aimless um yeah i got halfway through season two not really knowing where it was going or what the end game is or how any of these things were meant to tie together or what i was supposed to be caring about Mm. and it all pulled together at the end the end did offer some very difficult choices and things like oh yeah i see why that was a, a struggle for this character and why they agonised over this choice they've got to make, but Mm. it felt very meandering and very scattershot. It was still enjoyable, but it wasn't as laser-focused like, season one of Jessica Jones is about this topic and has this very strong villain, and the whole thing is about this character dealing with this villain and how that's going to resolve. Yeah. So, yeah, that that is my thoughts on Jessica Jones season two. It's it was still good, it just wasn't the, like, this is one of the best series of a show I've ever seen that season mm. one was. Yeah, is that everything we've watched? I believe so. Alright, fellas, so yes, where, where are we going? Uh, we're just uh, going up up the M25 and then um, taking the third exit, I think. Up the M25, third exit, that kind of problem. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just fo- following the cards. Uh, look what's in the cards. Yes, third exit. Third exit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then where to from from here? Uh, then we take. Uh, let me let me let me look uh, up my my sleeve of scarves. Um, uh, you take two rights and then a left. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's two rights. Okay. So that's the the third exit on this roundabout. Uh, uh, let me let me quickly consult uh, the the hat I have that definitely doesn't have a rabbit in the top of it. Um, okay, good. Uh, no, 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 the other way. Uh, you got to take the fourth one. Take the fourth one. Fourth, fourth exit. Okay. On it, the second, ex- the second one. Okay, I'm gonna need to go down here and turn back around. Uh, uh no, take a take a take a take a right. Uh, right, okay, uh, right, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Okay, this this should be Birmingham. Within how? 
This is this is in no way Birmingham, my friend. <laughs> well, I suppose that's my problem being a magician. I do specialise in misdirections. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, non-binary people of all descriptions, let's get ready to dance down here tonight at the 2018 Dance Festival. We're showing off all the latest moves and hopefully you'll be trying all this out on the dance floor in a few weeks. For anyone that missed that, this is the 2018 Dance Championships and we're going to be talking about all the new dance moves that everyone's going to be doing on the dance floor later this year. So, first up, contestant number one, what kind of dance move are they doing today? Well, very simple, uh, very, very simple moves. Oh, yes, just a just a basic running man there. Oh, oh, and they've literally torn off their own leg and started spinning around, hopping, 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 reattached the leg somehow. Amazing. Well, this is a real commitment to that old kind of dance move that we were seeing in the 90s where people were sort of shaking their leg back and forth and hopping a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But now they just properly commit to the, 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 the act yeah. by ripping the leg off. Now, contestant number two is uh, appears to be doing some kind of spin upon their head. Um, mm, mm. They're spinning very, very fast, very fast. Oh, goodness, they've just turned themselves inside out. I can, Ooh, I can see all of their... Absolutely stunning. Oh, all of their internal organs. I'm, I'm sure this will be all the rage on the dance floor come next month. Oh, I'm going to be trying it once I get home, certainly. Oh, goodness. What about contestant number three? What's contestant number three doing? Contestant number three is uh, doing a little bit of a jump and down into a splits and disappearing through the floor. Oh, on the back. Four-dimensional dancing. It's absolutely wonderful. Oh, goodness. And, and now they're dancing with themselves, possibly from uh, some kind of other dimension. It's, that's really, really, really committing to the bit there. Oh, indeed. Oh, you've got to improve a, a dancer that can find their own dance partner at a moment's notice, and I think four-dimensional dancing is going to be all the rage now. I believe, all right. I believe we've got one more contestant still to come out. Uh, final contestant is going to have to really wow the judges if they want this to be the dance that takes off on, on all the dance floors this year. And um, So they've, they've started with a fairly standard ballroom dance, and um, Ooh, oh my goodness, is that a summoning circle Ooh. to hell? Oh, goodness. My goodness, they have danced their way through a summoning circle and summoned an ancient hell demon to dance alongside them. I must need. No, oh god, you're stepping on my toes, stop it. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still perfecting this particular dance move. I would never answer or dance or what's wrong with you. Well, it seems like that dance move is a little too early for the uh, for the, yeah, the, the out, right. outer stages and those dancers are still, yeah. still trying to perfect it, but I'm sure in yeah. 2019's competition we will see dancing yeah. in a yeah. circle in order to summon a dark demon to dance alongside you will be oh, all the rage. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope to see much more of this. Anyway, this is me, Algebra Jonathan Poshman, and, and, and you. And, and me, Dancing McDancington. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Phil. <laughs> right, so what have we listened to this week? Um, well, I listened to, uh, I'm still following up on a bit of breaks from last week, uh, I listened to a track uh, by Defcline and Red Polo, I don't know if that's a reference to Decline and Ed Solo, <laughs> or or what, but it's um, too close, uh, the breaks mix, I don't know if you know, um, was it Alex Clare? Oh yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it's a, a really funky breaks mix of that track. Yeah. Uh, which I vaguely remember being used as a Hotmail advert at one point. But not this version, obviously. Oh, goodness. It's got very nice wobs. <laughs> I've not thought about Hotmail in a very long time. I don't blame you. I try <laughs> to avoid it wherever possible. Um, I also listened to some Talpa. I listened to Going Home, which I think is a, an amazing track. Um, it starts off as this sort of like magical, plinky, dreamy, almost sort of childish, maybe music boxy sort of sound. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of builds into its sort of fairly standard... Uh, pony trance beat that boom ba boom ba boom ba boom ba that you just want to sort of canter to <laughs> or gallop. <laughs> yeah. um, you've seen me at parties where I just do that and it's just like mm, pony trance. <laughs> um, but yeah, it builds into this like wicked guitar, and and it's you. It just makes you want to go f- flying very fast over countryside on a very sunny day ah. I don't know why that's the, the the thought I would connect to that music but there we go and what else then let's do Bellic Boom too seriously um, it's it's uh, beautiful slightly weird uh, a little disquieting uh, lots of sort of wobbly synths and plinky chimes that make it sound a bit sort of like uh, haunted house music. Mm. I thought it would be great with some Scooby Doo um, haunted house explore- exploration um, as a video. <laughs> <laughs> Heck, yeah. What, what what have you listened to? Uh, so I've been listening to a few songs off of the soundtrack for The Greatest Showman. Um, mm-hmm. This is me and Never Enough are the two tracks that I sort of came away from that musical being like, yeah. Yeah, those I like. One of them yeah. is a song that's very much about, like, hey, I'm me, get used to it, I'm going to be proud of who I am, which, you know, mm. nice nice easy fodder for me to enjoy. And also, Never Enough is very sort of, like, it's a song about, like, having unquenchable aspirations for things, and I tend to gravitate to songs on that sort of theme. Mm. Um, but other than that, there was a couple of songs I found this week. Um, one of them is called, where is it? Uh, one of them is called Scars by a a band called Fashion Week. Mm. Um, I think I've talked about some songs on this sort of lyrical theme before, but it's, um, it's one of those kind of songs that is about like, hey, the, the scars that you get across your life, like the things that happen you know be be kind of proud of them they're they're a sign that you know of a life lived don't you know feel that you have to hide that away it's a sort of rockish song it's got a nice like driving guitar beat to it um i listened to one but uh, one called better boy by park jefferson it's a very mm-hmm. sort of guitar melody line driven like it's not rhythm guitar it's all sort of like individual melody notes done on guitar uh on an electric Mm. guitar uh very enjoyable track about people trying to work out uh how who they are fits into other people's lives which i thought Mm. was interesting and the last one i'm gonna have a quick listen to it so i can remember how how to describe it 
Okay. Uh, so the last one is a track called I Don't Want to Be Sad by a band called Human Kitten. And mm. <laughs> that that band name is just like, oh, oh, Human Kitten. Adorable. Um, I can relate to that. Tee hee hee. Um, yeah, it's one sort of slightly angry man and an acoustic guitar. But it's a song that's like angrily written about being depressed and mm. it's 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 like it's not angry about the situation but it's angry at the depression and the the mental illness that he's suffering um mm. and trying to fight back against that but struggling a little bit like this sort of sentiment of i want to believe it's not my fault and that i can get over this but maybe i can't but i want to believe i can um it's 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 very powerful um there's a lot yeah. about the way that the the vocal line is sung that sounds just sounds very sincere hmm. um like if if you look at the at, at human kittens um web a website the way they describe their music is acoustic songs about isolation crisis pain growth and learning to be alive after years of anticipating death i'm like ha huh. Huh, that, mm, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to some of that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's about trying to overcome and learn how to live after battling depression and mental illness. And I'm like, yeah, I like this. What is this, this after? What is this after? Yeah. <laughs> what is this This after battling? Yes, it's the, like... <laughs> it's a continuous struggle yeah. forever. It's, it's the whole, like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't have to worry about the future because I won't be around by then. Oh, mm. I am still around. Ha! <laughs> Gotta learn how to live now, huh? That's that's always a bit of a shocker, I found. Yes, it is. But uh yeah, no, the trick. Fuck, I did not plan for this. Yeah, that that's that's a, a trick that mental mental health issues play on you. But yeah, the track is called I Don't Want to Be Sad, and I okay. very much enjoy it, so that would be my listens this week. Very nice. Hello, welcome to Homeopathic McDonald's. How can I help you? Homeopathic McDonald's? I, I thought this was just McDonald's. No, this is Homeopathic McDonald's. It's all, all the uh, general nutrition and fillingness that you would get from a normal McDonald's. But it's homeopathic, so it's better for you. So I, I assume you've got the same you've got the same menu, so I can just get a, a Big Mac? Yeah, one Big Mac. Do you want fries with that? Uh, yeah, I'll get fries with that, and um, oh. maybe a Coke as well. And a Coke. Do you want to go large for an extra 30 Uh Yeah, sure, that sounds great. Can I interest you in an apple pie? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Here you go. This is a tiny bottle of water. It's It's a homeopathic large Big Mac meal. It's like... Uh, I've been super diluted. Like, there was, like, a crumb from a Big Mac that we got, like, a few weeks ago. It's been floating in a swimming pool full of water that we just scoop some out of if anyone wants some of the, the homeopathic Big Mac. And then, like, there's some, a little bit that was on a fry, a little bit of salt, and then, of course, the Coca-Cola. So, are you, are you... Honestly, trying to tell me that this is the same as actually having a Big Mac. It's the same as having a Big Mac. It's very good for you. It's it is like so good and so filling you wouldn't believe. 
And of course, if you don't believe, then it probably won't work. So you have to make sure you really believe in the Big Mac. Wait, why is belief in the Big Mac a factor in whether the Big Mac works? I don't know. I just work here for less than minimum wage. But Apparently it's homeopathic wages they pay me. (laughs) Okay, fine, you can keep your container of water. I'm gone. Have a good homeopathic day. Have a good homeopathic day. Alright, how's it going? Oh, it's going, it's going so good. Do you hear what kind yeah. of night I had last night? I don't know what what kind of night you have. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know, you know, I'm like a potato and that. Yeah, uh, like proper potato. Proper potato. Well, I got proper mashed last night. Me, that's amazing, oh. mate. Get, uh, you know, sometimes I like to get a bit boiled before I go out. Oh, I got get... so boiled in it. Oh, it's just so yeah. boiled. Oh, 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 bruv, was I telling you about the other night? The other night. Yeah, yeah, what happened? What uh, happened? I was served well al dente. Al dente. Al dente. It was nice. did, wild. Did you hear about what happened to, to, to uh, that, that broccoli the other day? Oh, what happened to broccoli? pan fried. Oh, that's so good. Oh, you know what I happened to... It, yeah. You know what happened to, uh, to um, Mighty Tomato? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it got well sliced up, in it? Oh, well it sliced up. Proper right on night it was having. Proper, yeah, nice, nice, like, yeah, like, served on a bit of lettuce, oh, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know yeah. what you mean. Oh, just getting, like, laid out on, just laid out on that plate, right, ready, because yeah. just, oh, it's so good. Look, I, 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 I gotta go, I'm, I'm about to be served up, but just, nice, just, nice. just know I'm, well, I'm still proper mashed. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Justice Warrior. <laughs> I'll give you a second. Are you right to do it? your voice okay? I'm fine, thanks, Larry. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right, I'm all right, Barry. Oh, how's, how's your week been? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you been up too much? Oh, I've, I've, um, I've been going and getting a new... I've got, got a new tattoo this week. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I was... It, it got me thinking about a, a subject that's near and dear to me art, which is the yeah. idea of body autonomy, or... Uh, the, oh, yeah. Yeah, the idea that your body is your own, and that sort of, you know, you can do what you want with it, because it's, it's the one thing that's sort of really yours. Uh, generally speaking, that is true. Generally, yeah. sp- generally speaking... If something is only to do with your own body, you should have some degree of right over it. And uh, I, was, yeah. I was thinking about this because, like, there's a lot of situations where people try and deny body autonomy when we don't in other situations. Like, you know, I got a tattoo today that is a permanent change to my body that yeah. generally society is like, yeah, you, as long as you're over the age of 18, you, you know, you're not drunk, you're not under the influence of anything, you're of sound mind. Generally, people say, yeah, you have a right to permanently change your body if you like. But if you compare that same standard to, say, the way that transgender people who might be seeking surgery are treated, they're not given that same degree of body autonomy, are they? No. No. And and I understand that, you know, surgeons are are concerned about the risk of people who who may want to detransition at future time, but the statistics on those people are so phenomenally tiny that uh, the level of, of, of caution that is taken is is borderline offensive, to be honest. Oh, indeed. And, like, it's, it's the thing about body autonomy. Like, in, in a lot of cases, we give body autonomy to extreme degrees. Like, 
you know how when you die, unless you've signed up as an organ donor, your, your organs can't be taken unless you've explicitly said yes. It's an opt-in thing. That's because that's yeah, of body autonomy. Like, even when you're dead and you're not making any use of your body anymore, your body is still yours. You still have the autonomy to decide whether you want your organs used or not. And Well, you say that. Well, you know, it's in theory, but, like, that that's a, th- that's a thing in theory, is that, like, your yeah. organs can't be taken because even after death you're meant to have body autonomy. But on the flip side, you've got situations like someone who's got an unwanted pregnancy not being allowed to have an abortion or having people protest their right to an abortion. It's like, are we really giving more body autonomy to people who are dead than people who are alive and living and making their own choices now? People who are dead, people who don't yet exist. And and then, of course, there's all these uh, issues like... uh, well, what what about the the person who assisted in conceiving that child? You know, and and I don't think that though, that person has any right to decide that they can essentially Im- imprison uh, someone else while they they are forced to have this child against their will. Oh, indeed. And in that particular example, like I have sympathy for the other side. I understand the the side of you know feeling a bit powerless in that situation, but ultimately. As a society, we have deemed body autonomy a pretty important thing. It's this very almost sacred idea that people's bodies are their own to have a degree of control over. And you can't, you know, generally you can't force someone to do something with their body that they don't want to do with it. Because you only ever get one body and you've got to live with it your whole life. I understand why as a society we've gone, that should be important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough old conversation, but like, oh, it it just bothers me that like we give body autonomy not as a standard that we sort of society seems to pick and choose where we apply it. And I just wish that like more generally we went like, look, to to a reasonable degree, people should have autonomy over their own bodies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, personally, I'm I'm very much for in, entire bodily autonomy. Uh, educate yourself about what you're doing with your body, by all means. But whatever you want to put in it, draw on it, uh, do with it however you want to change it, whether that be through uh, body modification surgery or plastic surgery or some something to do with, in- you know, if you happen to be trans, then, you know... We're, I think you should be allowed to do it, that. It is your body and therefore your rules. Exactly. If you ain't harming someone else, then, you know, and, and you're of sound mind, you should be able to pretty much do what you want with your own body. Like, I've, I've thought about it for a while. I like the idea of getting, like, cybernetics put into me. I, I like the idea of having, yeah. like, an NFC chip in my hand. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can get that done. That's a thing I'm allowed to do because body autonomy, yeah. and I quite like that. Absolutely. You know, that... I I like I would not mind getting something like that done myself. I was I was reading things uh, many many years ago about people who were having things done to their to their own brains. Uh, people that gave themselves night vision through uh, various uh, external devices that they've managed to wire directly into into their brain using um, biodegradable uh, electrodes that went into the brain, so they could pick up the signals from. 
the uh, night vision camera and they were literally able to see in the dark other people that used uh, a system of echolocation. Again, like literally wired straight into their brain. These things would sort of start to dissolve after after a few weeks, but it was just there for like, a, an experiment. And these were scientists that were tr- testing their stuff on, on themselves. Oh, it's, it's, I, I like the, the limits, you know, exploring the limits of the body and... I'm exactly. I'm gonna go get some more tattoos done now because again nice. my body is a canvas I can I can paint it as I wish I only get one of them. Uh, it's been nice, nice. chatting here. I hope you have a good evening. Nice chatting you too. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm off to get my tongue split. Oh, it's fantastic. Have have a good nice. one. Thanks. <laughs> so that leaves me to ask the question: Do you need a bra? I do need a bra. Do you need a bra that will let people know that you're on your way? Yeah. I'm coming, bra. <laughs> uh, the temptation to, 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 to throw... Oh, why not? Do you need a bra that that tells someone you're having sex with when you're done? <laughs> I'm coming, bra. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Uh, do you need a bra that contains lettuce, carrot, pepper, and some onion? Yes. Salad bra. <laughs> do you need a bra that informs people whether you got an answer on a test correct or not? Yes, bra. I knew it, bra. I knew it, bra. I knew it, bra. Nice. Do you need a bra that comes in a pack of five and is named after two people that were married to Henry VIII? Yes. Bra 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 bra. <laughs> Do you need a bra that tells you not to touch certain parts of the kitchen because of their temperature? I do. Oh, that's hot, bra. <laughs> so hot, bra. So hot, bra. Is that any good with the the second coming bra? Not the second coming bra. What? <laughs> well, I did I'm coming bra. You did a second I'm coming bra. <laughs> Not the the second coming bra. <laughs> Do you need a bra that will tell you when Jesus is back? Second coming bra. <laughs> Do you need a bra mm-hmm. that informs your dog that it's time to stop taking part in a tug of war? Yes. Give it up, bra. Give it up, bra, give it up. (laughs) Excellent. Well, I think that's all for this week. Mm. So, where can we find you? Me? Yeah, you. You can find me at Laura K. Buzz most places on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can also find me on Dice Funk, a Dungeons & Dragons re- a real play podcast. We play 5th edition. Uh, I'm on seasons 3 and 4. They're all self-contained stories. So go listen to seasons 3 and 4 of Dice Funk. And then when you enjoy those, go back and start at season 1. Yeah, definitely. Because you get Anne in season one. Indeed. Uh, oh, also, <laughs> also uh, might as well tease it. In in Ooh. in 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 a uh, in like a year and a half, you can catch me in a book. There you go. <gasps> I'd like to catch you in a book. I'm, I'm writing a book this year, so in like a year and a half, there'll be a book you can catch me in. There you go. Get get hype. 
Get hyper up. <laughs> I don't know. Where can we find you on the internet? Where can we find me? I am... Well, I'm not uh, clucking. Uh, you can find me on YouTube and Twitter as Maniac Janiac. I can also be found on SoundCloud as Janaris Magnets, which might be where you're listening to this. And I can be found doing random reviews, including my review for Cat Quest, which went up recently on StonedMonkeyRadio.blog. Huzzah! Uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Thank you for listening to ten of them now. Heck. Uh, and until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>